So yeah, by, by God's grace tonight, I'd like to share about um, the recent reflections I've been having regarding the, the character of God, the, the holiness of God, specifically. And um, our main passage or verse we'll be looking at this evening is um, verse 15. Yeah, the Bible says here, uh, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So I'd like you to think, I'd like you to think about these two questions. So firstly, has, has the holiness of God ever caused you to fear and, and, and tremble in awe of, of who he is? And secondly, has, has the realization of the, the character of God uh, ever caused you to pursue holiness you know, in your own life before the Lord? And so the beginning of this verse, I want to point out that there's the actual word we see here, eternity, is the first and only mention of the word in the entire Bible. And it shows that God has always been, that He's infinite, everlasting in, in all His perfections and attributes and he dwells and inhabits eternity not being limited or bound by by time as we are and so we see God is eternal for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity he's outside of time as as and he's he knows the end from the beginning is the first and the last and um, I want you to notice here what uh, in Psalm 90 it states before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. And so, God is before anything else was, and He is not dependent upon anything for His existence. And pondering this in, in and of itself is, is, uh, would just cause you to be in awe. And uh, Micah speaks concerning Christ, the God the Son is stepping out of eternity into time for us. He, he says, going, His goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. So we see God the Son is eternal uh, and um, He has no beginning or end for being you know, the second person of the Godhead. And the psalmist, he says, Thy throne is established of old, thou art from everlasting. And so... Because God is eternal, that means that He's the giver of physical, spiritual and everlasting life, life in every sense of the word. And the reason why we're here tonight and praising the Lord is, is for who He is and what He's done in our lives through the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the Lord, He says in the Gospel of John, notice in, in, in chapter 5, He says, For as the Father has life in Himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And then we just see there that, that God is all-sufficient within himself. He, he doesn't depend upon oxygen to, to, to breathe like we do. He's, he gives the breath of life to, to us. And second of all, in our main passage we see Isaiah it continues to declare that God is holy and his name is holy. And uh, even Mary, the mother of our Lord, Jesus, acknowledged this 
in uh, the first chapter of Luke, she says, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And now the word holy you know, has the idea of something other than, something that lays beyond, something strange or different from. And so in other words, it means set apart or sacred, uh, awful and, and fear-inspiring, you know, full of awe, awful. And this is supreme when it, when it comes to the, the holiness of God in, in particular, when we think about it and ponder these passages and what the Bible reveals to us. And God in it of himself, he's separate from the very power and presence and, and practice of sin. Uh, and he's exalted above all his creation, uh, being thrice holy regarding the Godhead. And so when Jesus prayed in, in the garden, he, he said, Holy Father. So we know that God is holy, God the Father. We've got uh, the Holy Son. The, the devils acknowledge Jesus to be the, the Holy One of God. And, uh, and then we have the Holy Spirit uh, that indwells every believer that's in Christ. And Paul com commands us in uh, the book of Ephesians to grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby he is sealed until the day of redemption. And so in this verse as well, we see God's place is holy. He says uh, in chapter fifth, uh, verse 15, our main passage, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. And so God dwells higher than the heaven of heavens. You know, God's throne is higher than the heavens and if you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalm 113, we'll read a couple of verses here, which is, um, it's, it's beautiful, yeah, the, the, the beauty of the Lord. It says uh, in verses 4 to 6 in Psalm 113, the Lord is high above all nations. And his glory above the heavens, who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Wow. And the Apostle Paul, he says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man hath seen, nor can see, to whom be honour and power everlasting. Amen. And so, God's ways and His works are, are, per, are perfect and, and holy as well. If you want to turn to Psalm 145, verse 17, there we see this here, and even the, the Scripture, how, how we learn of, of God and who God is. We, we know that you know, it's by the Holy Scriptures we're able to be wise unto salvation th through faith that's in Christ. And um, in verses 17 of chapter 145 in the Psalms, we, we read, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. And in the book of First um, Samuel as well, we, we see this testimony of Hannah. And she says, there is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. 
And um, the gospel whereby I was saved and, and, and sealed until the day of redemption too, whereby, you know, us sinful, wicked people can be made peace you know, with, with this holy God of ours is, uh, is holy. The, the gospel of God, it, its origin is from heaven. And um, Habakkuk, in the Old Testament, he says about God, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. And then in the New Testament, in Matthew's Gospel, we, he records that on the cross, at about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he cried, It is finished. And he bowed his head and, and gave up the ghost. We see in John's Gospel too, so the, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is, is the perfect example of God's holiness and, and God's love. And they're both the, God's king attributes. And um, God's holiness, we see, he judges sin. He, he, he judges his own son on our behalf. And then we see God's love, how he willingly delivered up Christ uh, for us all to pay the, the penalty of sin that, uh, for us. who knew no sin that we would be made the, the righteousness of God in him. The just for the unjust. That, that he might bring us to God. And so not only are all of God's ways and his works holy, but as we, as we saw the scriptures, the prever, uh, preserved word of God is holy. And um, there's no doubt that in the scriptures, God's holiness is emphasized all throughout scripture. And is, um, it's even symbolized by a consuming fire. And we see in the Old Testament, Moses, when he received the, the commandments of God that are holy, as well, the Ten Commandments, the mount quaked and it trembled. And there was a, you know, great thunderings and there was a cloud. And, and the, the children of Israel wanted Moses to speak to them. And they didn't want God to speak to them unless they die. And, and then you see that they, they feared God because they saw his, his glory manifested. And... Um, that to be a proper approach to a holy God in the Old Testament too. And examples of this are how people had to be sanctified, had to sanctify themselves. We see the conditions of the priesthood who were to mediate between God and man. And uh, the tabernacle division in the, the Holy of Holies as well. Uh, the detailed offerings that were be, to be brought before the Lord. And the various feasts that were given uh, to Israel, the laws regarding purity and, and so forth. So all these things we, we know now are, are types and shadows and pictures concerning the, the coming King of glory that has come to, to pay the price for sin and he will come again to, to judge the world in righteousness as we know from Paul. And so God is holy. So we're gathering this and seeing this. You know, we're, we're told by Peter in the, in the New Testament, that we too, as the people of God, should be holy as well. And so our, our view of God is, is so important that it actually impacts and affects our, our Christian lives in, in every aspect, you know, our private lives, our you know, public lives, as well as our, our service for the Lord. And um, you know, this should lead us to a right biblical view, firstly, of our own wretchedness and a, 
as well as you know a genuine repentance, not just lip service, but with our hearts, we, you know we just yearn to want to know God and please God and be reconciled to God and be willfully you know, submitted to, to His will rather than our own. Amen. And so when Isaiah, you know, he, when he saw the Lord, if you want to turn there in chapter 6 of Isaiah, we see a picture here which is just... It should really help us see our own sinfulness and, and, and wickedness. Hence the reason why we, we need a saviour. I praise God for the cross. I praise God for, for Jesus, the sweetest name. Yeah. In, uh, in chapter 6, verse 5, we see Isaiah, he, he says, Woe is me, for I am undone. And because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And shortly after this, you know, revelation in his repentance, he, his sin was purged, we, we read, and, and he was sent or commissioned by the Lord. And, he, and it says here, he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And whom will go for us? So here we see you know, the, the, the Trinity. We see that the Godhead, the biblical word, the Godhead, who will go for us. And, and his repentance and his you know, submission and, he, and him seeing who he was before the Lord, he, then it just caused him to want to serve him and, and go for him and please him. He then said, I, here am I, send me. <laughs> and, and Peter Another example of, of, of somebody that saw you know, the, the, the Holy One. It, when the Lord did a miraculous you know, demonstration of His power with the fish, He saw the power of God and, he, and the Bible says He, he fell down at, at Jesus' knees and saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And you know, has, this, has this ever happened in your life? I want you to think about that. And even John, John the Revelator, in, um, when he saw the glorified Lord of Lords, he, we read in um, Revelation that he fell at his feet as dead. And then Jesus speaks and, and says to him, Fear not, I'm the first and the last. And so if you want to turn your Bible to Revelation 4, he continues to say here what takes place and what, what, what he sees, what he, what's revealed from, from heaven. And here in verses 8 and 9, we see there's, there's four beasts that had each of them six wings about him and they were full of eyes within and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And so I, I believe it's, you know, in today's Christianity, it's a low and distorted view of, of who God truly is and you know, the absence of this doctrine of His, of his holiness, His blessed purity. That's really missing. 
And, and in, in turn, you know, as a result of that, pe- people don't fear God. Even, you know, not only without the church, but within the church, you know, these days, it's very, very rare. Like yesterday I met this Christian, so-called Christian family, and they, they said, yeah, it's, it's a joy to know that there's a sovereign God. And, and we're, we're looking up and we're seeing the rays of light just coming down from the heavens and I'm just lifting up the Lord. Uh, and then they said they go to Macquarie Life Church. And I said, oh, is there female pastors there? And, it, and, the, and, the, and the, the husband, he said, yeah, there is. I said, as a Bible believer, it doesn't bother you? Because, you know, and I bring up First Timothy uh, chapter 2. And I read it out, and, and the lady, his, his partner, or spouse, she didn't even want to hear it. And, and they claim to be Christians glorying in the, the sovereignty of God, and, and it just doesn't make sense to me. And, and people don't understand, I believe, you know, an aspect is this, they don't see that God is holy. And um, if, if you want to turn to First Peter in your Bibles, chapter 1, yeah, it's just something that we should meditate upon and you know, the character of God, it really ought to change you know, the, the way that not only we view Him, and, but the way we view life. You know, God didn't have to give us life. He really didn't. And you know, in verse 15, you know, Peter, he calls and exhorts us to be holy here. He says, you know, but... As he, in verse 15, which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. And so God has you know, sanctified us at salvation in Christ and progressively he enables us by his spirit to grow in holiness and, and righteousness before him. But here he says, be ye holy in all manner of conversation. In other words... It's to live and abide, you know, like morally blameless, to, to behave oneself in, in purity, to be steadfastly consecrated you know, to, toward God and, and saintly in all and every manner of life. And now this obedience, I believe, is to be done by faith in, in devotion and, and you know, love for, for our Holy Father in heaven that, that redeemed us. And uh, if you want to leave your finger there and turn to First Thessalonians chapter 4, we'll look at something here and, and we'll come back to First Peter. But it's because God is holy, He commands us to be holy. And, and this verse here, it really puts it clearly. In, uh, in First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3, it says here, For this is the will of God even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honour. For God, in verse 7, we'll jump down here, verse 7 it says, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So God, you know, He's called us to holiness. He has. And it's, you know, I've begun to realize in my own Christian life, as well as, you know, listening to preachers and teachers online and in person, that, that the, the closer a man comes 
and commits himself to God in Christ, that the more he becomes like him. Our desires are his and they just coincide and we want to just do God's will. And I believe it's, it's by his spirit that we desire this and, and want to. And, it, and we just want to become like him and, and follow him and, and, and be like him in every sense. A.W. Tozer, he, talking about a holy man of God, A.W. Tozer, he says, it, it's almost as if they have this mysterious quality, like they've come down from another world and carried with them a fragrance from the, a kingdom supreme over all the kingdoms of this world. <laughs> yeah. And so back in 1 Peter, we'll look here. In 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll continue with what Peter says regarding this. In verse uh, 17, Peter, he says, And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. And so the Word of God teaches us that because God is holy, there should be a, a holy fear of God you know, enjoined with pursuing holy lives and, and holy living. And so you know, practically this, this should produce in our life a, a reverent respect toward God and, and to God and His Word, as well as you know, the way that we live our lives as um, you know, passing pilgrims, sojourning on this earth. And if you want to go to Proverbs chapter 9 in your Bibles, we'll notice a verse here. And then another passage from the Proverbs too. But in Proverbs chapter 9, notice verse 10. The Bible declares to us here that, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And go to um, chapter 16 in the Proverbs. We'll see here as well. The knowledge of the holy is, is understanding. In Proverbs 16, notice verse 6 here says, by, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. If, if, you know, if somebody doesn't fear God and know God, they're dead in trespass and sin. You know, by default, we're, we're, we're embedded with the nature that's, that's of Adam. You know, by nature, we're children of disobedience. And how... You know, are we meant to be like Joseph and say, how can I commit such wickedness and, and sin against God if we don't fear God? If we don't see that he's high and lofty, he's, he's holy, that he's lifted up. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Job, behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. And so... You know, we're complete in Christ alone and, and we're called to walk in Him. And so on this, I, I believe following Christ must be at the centre of our pursuit of holiness in, in life you know, because we, He's saved us and secured us and redeemed us and He has actually sanctified us. 
you know, we, we, there's no other way that we can be purged and cleansed from, from, from filth, from, from this defiled conscience and, and, and sin. And so this is why the salvation is needed uh, in order for us to fulfill God's will and, and the reason why we're created. I was just telling Brother Dylan, we're, we're created by him and for him. So we, we, our life is, we're not living, you know, in the purpose that God has purposed for us. If, if we're outside of Christ and if we're not, you know, fearing God and we're, we're not wise according to, to God himself, as we just saw. And in um, 1 Peter, if you want to go back to, to 1 Peter, chapter 2, Christ must be the center of all we do and pursue. and We must ask ourselves, you know, what does the Lord even think of this when we do things? In chapter 2, verse 21, in 1 Peter, it says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. And so really it's a call to discipleship, you know, to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow after Him. We live in such an ungodly, wicked world. We really do. And if you take your eyes off the Lord, like Peter, you'll sink. And, and there's no way we'll be perfecting holiness if, if, if Christ isn't at the centre of our, of our thoughts and even our motives and why we do what we do. And it's so needful you know, that we seek to cultivate holiness by spending much time alone with the Lord. And it's been well said by men of God uh, that no man can expect to make pro- progress in holiness who does not often and long spend time with God. Mm-hmm. And so we're, if we are to be wise, we ought to fear God and surrender our bodies a living sacrifice to Him, you know, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. So we as the citizens of heaven, his ambassadors, are are called to cleanse ourselves, as Paul says, from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And we can't do, we wouldn't be able to do this if God wasn't faithful to to his word and to his promise. You know, the remainder of our passage here, it, it shows us, God's faithfulness here. It says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. And the word contrite simply means repentant in its true sense. And so God who's holy, he dwells with those who have this humble, repentant disposition th- throughout life, not only, not only getting saved, but continuing to, to walk with God. And you know, when the Lord reveals sin in our life that we ought to you know, lay aside, and you know, nobody that's not humble is, is willing to, to do that. And therefore, they're, just, they're, they're, they're doing their own will and, and not the will of God. And, you know, and we should really examine ourselves, you know, firstly, whether we even be in the faith. And, you know, the Bible time and time again, it's, it's, it's 
recorded even in First John that, that we would know, you know that we have eternal life, that we may believe on the Son and it shows us the marks of a true Christian in there. And so God is, is faithful to work in our lives, you know, those that are, that are humble and, and soft clay that he can mould and, and form for his glory. In Philippians chapter 2, if you want to look here in, in the Bible, we see in chapter 2 of Philippians, and this verse, I've, I've, I've met somebody and sat down with him that tried to use this to say that we have to work for salvation. In um, chapter 2, verse 12, the Bible says here, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But notice how it doesn't say work for your own salvation. It doesn't say work for. It says work it out. And the next verse in, in context, it says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so I just, I just found that interesting how you know, when I was just a babe in Christ, you know, when I first got saved, I met up with a Hillsong uh, leader and he tried to say that, you know, from this passage that I have to work, work out, you know, work, work my salvation out in, in a sense where I'm trying to earn it. And so, and, and he agreed with, with Halloween and the rest of that. And so that was an interesting conversation that we had. I just thought of, of that as I read this. And so, we'll read in, in 2 Corinthians here, going back to our passage, how God dwells with him also, that's of a contrite and humble spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we see the Apostle Paul, what he says here in verse 16. He says, And what agreement at the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I'll dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And look what he says here. He says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. So he's, he's, calling, he's calling us to, to be separate, to be holy and you know, sanctified, to, to be separate saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Amen. And so we're called of, of God our Father to be separate, to, and to love Him, to be about our Father's business, not, not to be mixed up in the modern ungodly philosophies and, and the unclean idols of of this ungodly world today, we see, you know, from Hollywood to, you know, so-called church being like a concert and all these things, people being deceived and deceiving. We're called to come out from among them and be separate and be holy, for God is holy. And again, Christ is our example, for He Himself, being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross, we read as well. And so we must bow in, in humble, you know, this, this disposition of humility before God and return to our first love if, if we've left it and been so distracted with things of this life 
Colossians 3, he says, If ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, and where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And we're told to set our affection on things above. And, you know, knowing the deep love of God that, that spared not his own son on Calvary, we, we can't forget the simplicity of, of, of the cross. And, you know, Paul even said it himself, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross, and accept in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me. We, we can't be separate if we're not crucified with Christ, as, as Paul put it. And so... You know, trying to do the Christian religion, so to speak, without the Spirit of God, that's all it is. It's religion and it's vain and, and it, it, it'd be too difficult. It really would because the, that relationship with the Lord isn't there. And, and that motive, you know, it's, it's more loving the praise of men, you know, more than the praise of God. If, 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 you know, if our motive is not to come and learn and, and grow in grace, in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour. And so, you know, God lifts up the humble and the repentant. In, in we see in the remainder, uh, the, the, the finale of this verse that we've been looking at, and it ends with revival. It says to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And our Lord Jesus Christ, he, he said, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. And so the, you know, the humble toward God, they have forgiveness of sin and, and fellowship with the Lord. He, he dwells with us that are contrite and humble. James says, But he giveth more grace, where, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto who? The humble. the humble, that's right. Turn to the book of Psalms. We'll look at a few passages here in the book of Psalms. Psalm 34. And so it's been very sobering to, to, to read and meditate, ponder the, you know, the, the character of God in, in this area. It really has and yeah, and I, I, it, it's, it's something that can't really be described. It's got a profound effect. You know, it, it can't really be learnt in, you know, intellectually, so to speak. It's, it, it, our hearts, it, it's made it real in our hearts. You know, when, when, we, when we read and we see these things, and, but to, for it to be real and, and that we know that you know, God is high and holy, is lifted up and... To see our own state before Him, in in its true sense, not only with our eyes, but with our our, our inner being, so to speak, it, it just just cause you to just just weep and and howl, so so to speak. And yeah, in uh, in this in in Psalm thirty four, uh, verse eighteen, you know we see here that the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. So to those here that have bowed the knee and called upon the Lord, we've been revived and made alive in Christ, our Lord, and we know this to be true. You know, and the Lord is nigh. He's not far from every one of us. And turn to 
uh, chapter 51 in the Psalms. We'll read here what David says regarding this, this brokenness. We see, he says in verse 17 of this portion, he says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. And back to Isaiah chapter 66, we'll look what, who God looks at. You know, this passage here shows us who, who God looks at. And you know, God won't despise those that are, that are broken before Him in you know, genuine you know, humility. In the, um, in the latter part of, of verse 2 in Isaiah 66, the Lord, He looks even to Him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word, it says here. So when we, when we even approach the word of God and when we read the scriptures, you do, you know, does, have you ever trembled at the word of God and seen it in, in, a, in a light where the spirit of God illuminates it and then we see you know, what we are in truth? And, what we, and when we see what God is in truth. And, and, and you know, when you tremble at the Word of God and you have these moments, these sweet times in, in Scripture, studying it and reading it daily, and when, when you tremble at it, this verse here, the, the, the Lord looks at him that has a contrite spirit toward the things of God and spiritual things. And... Um, yeah, it just, it just causes your heart to bless the Lord, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, lastly, we'll look uh, at this portion here. It's a very sobering one in, in 2 Peter. In uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, we, we see it's, 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 uh, we, we see prophecy here. And um, about what's, what's to come. You know, our Lord... Our Lord, you know, gives us prophecy and things that are to come before His coming. And uh, in verse eleven in Second Peter chapter three, we see He says, "Seeing then that all these things shall come, shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming?" of the day of God, looking wherein, sorry, the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot, and blameless, and so it's very sobering, isn't it? Very sobering. And yeah, if we, if we take our eyes off the Lord, and, and if we're not abounding in the things that we we know, you know, to, to whom much is given, much is required. Peter, he you know, he says, you know, giving diligence to make our calling and election sure. Uh, Paul, sorry, says this and. And he even says, you know, giving all diligence add to your faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, 
brotherly kindness and charity, and that if these things be in you and abound, that, that you, know, you won't be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of, of our Lord and, and our Saviour. And, and we want to be found in Him at His appearing and not be ashamed. And uh, you know, we only have this, this life to live for, for His glory. If, if, if we're not... Uh, I, I believe the reason we're still here and not raptured straight away you know, when we get saved is, is because you know, we're the light of the world and this world's dark. It's, 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 it's devilish and, and, and people need to hear the, the, the joyful sound you know, and, and that, that Jesus saves sinners. Yeah, there was a lady at, at the shop at that hearing place and she, she calls people, you want to have your hearing tested? And I, walk, and she's, I walked past and said, I've heard the joyful sound and I've been saved and, and it's through the blood of the Lamb or through Jesus Christ, Jesus saves sinners. She looked at me and she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've heard the voice of the Lord. <laughs> and yeah, may God help every one of us pursue holiness to do His will, to be sanctified and, and to grow in the, in the image and knowledge of Him, be conformed into the image of His dear Son, yeah, that, that, that this, the trials of our faith and what we face would, would work patience in us. And um, you know, what manner of persons ought, ought ye to be in all holy conversation and, and godliness? Yeah. And we'll just look at our main passage again. We'll close with this here to... To see, to see all of this in you know, Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Let's pray. Holy Father in heaven, Lord God, we thank you for your mercy upon our lives. Lord, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for Christ, Lord, that we can be in him, renewed in knowledge, Lord, of, of your holiness and righteousness. Father, for Lord, we know you don't accept anything outside of your Son. Lord, you are holy and high and lifted up. And Lord, how we ought to be uh, in, in light of, of your character and your goodness, toward us, your, your faithfulness, Lord, that you're uh, dwelling in, in, in eternity, Lord, and, and your throne is in the heavens. And Lord, we know and understand that this life is not our own. Lord, we've been bought with a price. And Lord, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us, Lord, pursue holiness in our life, that we'd surrender and submit our bodies to you, Lord, meet for your use, and that, Lord, you'd continue to guide us and lead us, and Lord, teach us, uh, Lord, uh, that we'd fear you yet more and more and, and abide still, Lord, in the, in the fear of the Lord all the day long. You'd help us, Father, to know and, and, and ponder the, these truths, uh, Lord, and, and, and your character. And Lord, how we ought to, uh, know, knowing the terror of you, persuade men and compel them to come and believe on your Son, Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we just pray and we ask of you, Lord, even now as we, as we gather together and, and sing some more to you, Lord, we'd magnify you and that you'd 
lead us as we pray for others and pray, Lord, for these upcoming uh, things, Lord, things that you're doing in our lives and, and the lives of people. And Lord, I just pray and, and ask of you, Lord, that you'd bless our time together. You'd bless your word uh, to our hearts, Lord, that we would uh, be uh, sobered and, and, and be continuing, Lord, to seek your face yet more and more. Father, we'd not forget the uh, Lord, the fellowship that we have, uh, it, and it's because of you, Lord, and your Son. And we just thank you for it, that we can sharpen one another and encourage one another, Lord, and, and be, uh, Lord, uh, continuing to please you and striving uh, for the faith of the gospel, Lord. And we just ask and pray in the name of your Son, uh, our Saviour, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. In, in his name, Lord, we come before you and, and ask and pray. Amen. Amen.